0: Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Understanding Audiences Through Neuromarketing. Consumer decision making is very complex and based on a lot of emotions. Some are preconceived while others can be unplanned and spontaneous. This is where neuromarketing plays a huge role in understanding the consumers and with few alterations in the product or experience can help your brand influence the consumer's mindset in your product or service's favor. A lot of larger brands and agencies have started understanding the the true value of neuromarketing and to help dwell further into this topic, I have Ram Jalan on today's episode. Ram has been key in formulating and executing strategies that led to exponential growth and market position for several brands. Apart from winning multiple awards at DMA and CMO Asia, he has a certification in consumer neuroscience and neuromarketing, along with a great passion for the subject. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Ram, and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Really looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Likewise, Prashant. Happy to be here.
0: So just to start off with, you know, marketers today have so many tools that they can use. It -hmm. just seems nowadays that if there is a task to complete, definitely there is some tool available that makes that task easier or better in most cases. But Mm -hmm. having said that, I believe that tools... Still have a long way to go when it comes to, you know, the software aspects that that are really important today, you know, like sentiments and feelings, etc. And this is where I believe that neuromarketing is key because it helps track the customer's mindset. So how can we use this in our favor and where do you think or believe that neuromarketing stands today?
1: Yeah, I mean, great question to start off. See, uh, as you rightly said, there are ample number of tools the marketers have today, whether it's yeah. you know attributing to the click or looking at uh, the traffic on a particular website, app installs and app behaviors, etc. Yeah. But if you look at all these marketing tools that's available, it basically tells you what happened.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a post-event uh, analysis that we typically True. do. Yeah, yeah. And then this you know ai and the ml power that yeah. is now available at marketer's discretion hmm. you can create cohorts that what will be the predictable behavior for the next set of audience with similar attributes somewhere yeah whether it's explicit or implicit both are being measured yeah. most of it is explicit information whether it's you know walking into a retail store or time spent on a website etc hmm. hmm. now marketers today also need to know why something happened Yeah. Because a lot of decisions, while we all know that consumers are irrational, me and you both are consumers. But having said that, why it happened needs to be studied because all of us individually are unique in our behavior, because we have different inbuilt value systems, we have different backgrounds, we have different memories. Yeah. And most of it happens at our subconscious level.
2: Hmm.
1: So if you see our emotions. Feelings, consciousness, learning, memories are basically an outcome of the neural activities inside our brain. Hmm. And I'm sure everybody knows that our brain uses 20% of our body's energy. So that's that's quite a bit because it is doing, while it is managing different functions of the body, it is also helping us take valuable decisions. Yeah, And the field of neuroscience, which is also called, you know, the field of neuromarketing, Hmm. helps us understand this consumer behavior. Yeah. And that's where, you know, diving deep into the mindset of the uh, consumer really surfaces. Our brain typically, Prashant is divided into three parts. So Hmm. I'll I'll talk about the two most important parts. One is the limbic system, which is common between animals and we humans, which controls, you know, uh, our uh, our, uh, emotions, our uh, motivations for sentiments, Etc. Hmm. There is hypothalamus inside limbic system that regulates hormones. So yeah. each of these things have a very important aspect of our uh, consumer behavior.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, so, and you know marketing is basically the amalgamation of the neuroscience, which yeah. is knowledge of brain, the psychology, the behavioral data, the animal instincts of choosing, learning, adjusting, hmm. with the computation models and yeah. the economics. Yeah. So that's what neuromarketing is. And that's why it's very helpful for we marketers.
0: Yeah. And just uh, continuing that and probably placing another question to you, uh, because I have been doing, you know, a lot of reading about neuromarketing, uh, probably in the last few months, because, I mean, it's, it's quite, Uh, interesting to to actually read Mm -hmm. and possibly execute this kind of stuff. Uh, And that's Mm -hmm. where I was reading or, you know, this this came up. Basically, a lot of agencies and companies have tried to use neuroscience to help better their advertising, research and marketing strategies, Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, with the help of varied ways like functional magnetic resonance imaging, which is the fMRI, among several (laughs) others. So, yeah. why do you think they haven't worked yet and the usage is still limited? Also, are there any other neuromarketing tools you believe marketers or agencies can and should start using soon?
1: See, uh, neuromarketing in its second version has empowered the researchers and marketers mm-hmm. and the brands with mm-hmm. not many tools. Yeah. I would say fMRI is the most detailed and the most expensive uh, research in the field of neuroscience. But if you are starting on the journey of consumer neuroscience and neuromarketing, Hmm. you have plenty of tools. I'll come to fMRI, but there are plenty of tools like, you know, uh, the EEG scanners that tells you uh, at a, not at the spatial level, but at the temporal level or the top of the mind level, what Hmm. is the reaction to a certain... Uh, ad or a certain product or a certain conversation emotionally behaviorally yeah fmri has the power of giving you the answers where exactly in which part of the brain this event occurred because what fmri does is you know it measures the flow of oxygen in the area of the brain where the action is happening yeah And we call the B-O-L-D level, which is the blood oxygen level dependent.
2: Hmm. It
1: studies the area of hemodynamics, which is local control of blood flow and its oxygenation inside our brain.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: But what happens is to study uh, the fMRI studies, you need expert Hmm. scientists because you don't have a standard language. Yeah. And therefore, the fMRI machine itself costs multi-crore rupees. That's one huge capital investment. Second, you need expert scientists to decipher that data hmm. and put it in a logical sequence. And third, you need a uh, lot many experts to study hmm. that data and translate that into a knowledge, which can yeah. be implemented for consumer behavior. Hmm. And that's why fMRI has failed. Uh, uh, okay. Because hmm. none of the brands have set up fMRI in-house, except yeah. Your brands globally which is like coca-cola microsoft hmm. they have been doing a lot of studies based on fmri in-house even okay. GE, okay yeah
2: hmm.
1: but then as i mentioned you have eeg scanners which can be used to uh track different behaviors then you have eye tracking devices you have hmm. you know pupillometry devices where you, they look at the pupil of the eye on a particular website or a web page or a mobile app and yeah you have skin galvanizers that measures the yeah. sweat in So all these tools are the starting point to neuroscience. We don't need to go to fMRI immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, actually, you just mentioned about, you know, the the pupil movement and the dilation and things like that. That's actually something which uh, I can resonate because the multiple agencies nowadays uh, that actually do that. So I was not too long ago working on the site and I came across this agency, which, you know, helped us analyze with a bunch of, say, 100 subjects looking at the website that we were building. Uh, to see, you know, which portions are looked at the most in the site, which colors work, which, you know, imagery works and things like that. So it's actually getting quite interesting, you know, as as you also rightly mentioned, probably fMRI is the the most expensive and the most, uh, you know, tedious way of doing things. But definitely mm-hmm. there, are, there are simpler ways of getting your smaller tasks done as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, just moving from that into something a little more basic and something that you know anyone who studied marketing has probably gone through. And this is at any level that when you study marketing, there are all there's always this one chapter that revolves around the five senses in a human body, which is your touch, smell, sight, taste, and hear. So what do you believe is its importance and more importantly, can marketers manage to take advantage and fool these senses by giving them what they want? And sorry, I'm using the word fool, but, uh, a lot of marketers, uh, you know, tend to actually focus, focus on, on that because it's, it's important that, you know, you, you kind of go around things to reach your customers' mind and mindsets.
1: True. I mean, uh, yes. Uh, fooling might sound a very uh, negative word yeah. for the lack of better words like yeah. let's use influence because yes <laughs> yes. Uh, yes influence yeah so it, because it falls in the realm of uh, ethics marketing e- ethics e- as marketing
0: yes is. yes
1: yeah. so but point is you know uh, while it it may sound uh negative but it is positive from the consumer perspective because you yeah. are giving them uh, a belief that they are buying the right product hmm. because you know, the worst thing that the human brain wants to do, the last thing the human brain wants to do is the, uh, you know, to take a decision. Yeah. Human brain does not like taking decision. And that's why you see most of our responses, rather a lot of our responses are automated. Hmm. And and we take that's that's why, you know, we all marketers know the word impulse. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our purchase decisions are out of impulse. Yeah. Now, uh, with the use of senses, and Marketeers and brands can add a lot of value. Hmm. Like for example, if you're buying a luxurious product, if you're buying a Rado Watch or you're, yeah. buying, you know, you're you're buying an expensive jewelry, you would see the box would be quite heavy. Yeah. Because a heavy box temporarily makes you feel that you're buying a quality product. The product yeah. is good. Hmm. Yeah. You are when you're buying a leather product from a good leather brand, you mm-hmm. will get the natural odor of the leather.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you know, uh, when we typically talk about smell, smell has been used beautifully by a lot of brands like casinos. Uh, In Las Mm. Vegas, I experienced it for the first time. They use lemon odor.
2: Because lemon
1: as a Mm. behavior increases your risk-taking ability. Mm. A lot of IT firms in India have been using lemon odor in their offices. I would not like to take their names. That has been uh, used significantly there interesting and, you know mm. prashant when we talk about scent there are scent mm. which are of two types one is the congruent scent which is relevant to the actual product when you walk into starbucks you mm. get the smell of the coffee beans because that's a congruent scent which is asked yeah. for the product yeah. and then there is an incongruent scent which is not related to the actual product but it is experiential
2: mm. which is a
1: lemon odor inside a casino
2: yeah
1: right mm. so you know other example is one of the experiments uh, that I was part of and a wonderful experience for an SUV getting launched. Mm. So what we did, we created, we, we shot at least 30 minutes of advertising video content. Mm. And what we realized, and, and then we ran it on a sample test, we saw wherever the car was making a vroom sound, you know, mm. a, a, there was a feeling of matureism in the sample and mm. automatically the brain responded very, very positively and that 30 minute mm. shoot and this experiment gave us that 30 second of our ad which we could run during the super bowl mm. so that's that's the advantage of sense and marketers can use it smartly in the you know retail sense of thing like yeah. if you if you recall prashant mm. uh, the the Proustian memory the Proustian memory which typically mm. comes out of the old books yeah. when you're opening your old family album mm. it triggers sweet memories in your mind that you're yeah. going to see old pictures yeah, yeah. And a lot of bookstores are consciously injecting that smell when you walk into that bookstore. Yeah. To give you that feeling of memory, that knowledge, that hunger. You know, that's, that's, these, these are the ways where the senses can be used in our favor to give a better experience to the customer and that confidence to that customer. Yeah. Or the prospect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. So I know you did mention this very briefly earlier when we were speaking, uh, but I just want to touch upon this part a little more because I think uh, it's neuromarketing is possibly uh, actually been used the most in in this case, which is uh, when we talk about research and Mm -hmm. the betterment of accuracy around it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the one thing that actually I have noticed is that unfortunately, even though a few companies have used it and receive positive feedback through it. Uh, it doesn't reflect as positively on their bottom line growth or profit. So mm-hmm. why do you think that that actually happens?
1: See again, a very great. Uh, it's it's a great question. One thing we need to realize that we cannot uh, consider neuroscience to be a replacement of your market research. Hmm.
2: Hmm. So
1: that's where I think we all are making the error. Yeah. Neuroscience and neuromarketing is more of an exploratory uh, research that you keep uh, value adding yeah. over a period of time. So what happens is when you are building a website, let's take the example, which you shared a few minutes back, hmm. uh, maybe a sample size of 100 first tell you that, you know, ABC are the changes, desired changes they have recommended.
2: Yeah.
1: Now on that ABC change, you have to do an AB because, hmm. you know, I don't know what the sample size was, but Mm. among that hundred people, there could be few influencers. There could be few decision makers. Again, there could be underlying trade. One is an aggressive buyer who is a risk taker. One is a, you know, late entrant or a follower. So there are different underlying behaviors within that cohort. Yeah. So if you are looking at uh, neuroscience to give you a quick fix solution and replace your market research, then you are taking a lot of risk. Yeah. But... But if you are using neuroscience, topically, maybe you are launching a new creative ad and you want to get your eye tracking score. Yeah, it will work quite well. Hmm. If you are coming out with your ad or you are coming with a video. So, for example, uh, I had the opportunity of doing a very interesting study, wherein hmm. what genre of content you are consuming on any of the online video uh, channels, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or Vimeo. And what is the probability of what sort of OTT movie would you consume? Hmm. And we saw a very interesting correlation. If you, if you are, if you are looking at a lot of, uh, you know, box opening videos, yeah. you would love to watch thriller.
2: Hmm. But interesting,
1: these sort of studies take time because hmm. there would be a lot of null and alternate hypothesis, and you would be rejecting a lot of those hypotheses to come to a proper consensus and Okay, hmm. out of these 10 two have worked in this research. Hmm. then in the next research i got one more point so you know use neuromarketing marketing as an exploratory exercise hmm. keep building the study and keep value it adding value adding to your marketing uh, objectives and hmm. keep assessing through post action data and then correlate and what i got from my neuromarketing research yeah is actually proven or not through my marketing analytics and implicit and explicit data yeah But don't, don't do, uh, you know, don't do one of neuromarketing research and expect a huge contribution to the bottom line.
0: Exactly, exactly. You know, I think extremely interesting. Uh, So just before we end this episode, I have one last question. Uh, So if marketers want to actively start adopting neuromarketing, how can they go about it? And if you could probably share some, you know, online versus offline case studies, which might help understand this better and give the listeners a better understanding on the route, uh, which would probably suit them and their company better.
1: See, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you one of my experience, my first uh, uh, love with neuromarketing started when we had to take a decision to launch a very expensive luxury real estate project for Mm. a brand in India. Okay. And most of the real estate ads, if you see in India was typically showing the facade of the building, hmm. showing the club area, etc. Yeah. And those ads either used to be a full page ad or a solace ad in a business journal, hmm. business newspaper or a half page ad or a back cover ad. Right. So we took a very brave call and we said, okay, let's create a horizontal ad hmm. and then use uh, uh, the exact owners who have purchased homes and plot them on that ad. Yeah. Hmm. And once we created that ad, we took a sample size of 22 into two, that is 44 different people from different uh, uh, buying groups. And Hmm. we ran that ad for, you know, doing the eye tracking and creating Hmm. a heat map. Okay. And Prashant, the outcome was quite encouraging, but still Mm. the seniors of the organization were not ready. They said, See, we are spending close to 60 lakh rupees in in these ads. Are you sure it will work? Because the Mm. total budget is you're consuming 30 40% of the budget. Yeah. I said, Let's take this brave call and see what happens.
0: Mm.
1: Prashant, we released the ad on Saturday morning. By Monday evening, we had closed sales worth 40 crores. Interesting. Mm. And and you know, as I said before, mm. start from small experiments.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and start testing on your creative. Start on the website, as you mentioned. See yeah. how the click response is. Mm. Look at more tangible data, which you can quickly implement and test.
2: Mm.
1: Once you have done that, then mm. go for exploratory studies as well. If yeah. you are in an FMCG company planning to launch a Mm. A brand or planning to change the packaging of the brand, do an exploratory mm. study, market, market research data, market with mm. your trade data. Mm. That's the second stage. Third yeah. stage could be doing another set of study with your loyal customers. If you're in a business, which has got to do with subscription,
2: mm. or
1: you are in a business where uh, your customer is there with you for next five, 10 years, maybe insurance, yeah. uh, maybe stock investment. Where mm. the repeat customer value is more, your CLV is very very important. It's not one time buy.
2: Yeah.
1: There, you know, neuromarketing studies are very very crucial. What is the risk taking appetite? Mm. So I would recommend to the marketer start small. Yeah. Have t- and always keep budget of your research budget for neuromarketing mm. studies because they come expensive. Yeah. One neuromarketing study, a detailed in depth study, would not cost you less than ten to fifteen lakh rupees. Yeah. yeah. And only doing once will not help you. So that's how I recommend.
0: True. Uh, so, any book or website or anything would you recommend for people who are just starting off and want to learn a little more about this?
1: See, there is a great book out there called Neuromarketing for Dummies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great book. Uh, it's a great starting point. Hmm. And uh, then it depends what is your area of interest. Mm. Uh, And then you can, you know, find multiple research papers and documents on that, like music is a separate field of study, smell Mm. is a different field of study, each of the senses, Mm. you can go very, very deep. Mm. Mm. Like currently, one of the studies I'm doing is influence of music on your physical uh, fitness and your regime. Mm. So that's, again, a very deep field of study.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So. I think uh, some great recommendations uh, for people who are possibly trying to start off with. Uh, I know from a personal standpoint, this is something that I have been reading a little more about only in the last few months. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just for all the listeners, trust me, it's an extremely interesting topic. Uh, And also, thank you so much, Ram, for coming on board and sharing. I think some great insights. uh, And if people have not, you know, read or know too much about neuromarketing i think this should definitely work you know as a catalyst for them to probably explore explore a little more and start executing stuff in their in their daily jobs uh, so just again thank you so much for coming on board and sharing
1: my pleasure prashant wish you all the best it's a great initiative
0: great So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful for you. And if you would like to know more about this topic, you can reach out to Ram on LinkedIn. And in case if you have any doubts, feedback, or just want to spark a conversation, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Subscribe to the podcast for regular updates. And one last thing, don't forget to stay curious.